Hello to everyone tuning in. We're a Boston Celtics fan site that covers everything Celtics from the latest trade rumor to that other trade rumor to the Nets pick and how exactly Danny Ainge got his free Chipotle for life card. Honestly, no one really knows. The pod covers all the same topics our site does, but a little more freely and from a weekly point of view. The best part of it all is that we're talking about it from a fan's perspective. We'll cover last week's games and major storylines, as well as a look into the week ahead. We'll change things up as the show evolves, so let us know what you want to hear if something comes to mind. I'm Topher Lane, here with Mark Allison. Mark, how's it going? What's up, buddy? Good. Uh, how's your week been? Pretty pretty solid. We've, uh, you know, it's uh, been an up and down week for the Celtics. Um, so, you know. All over the place. Uh, that has caused the Celtics to drop from the two seed. Here we were this entire time talking about can the Seas catch the Cavs for the one? And then we find ourselves at three, which I don't think anybody really saw coming. Meanwhile, right, Washington's just been plugging along since, like, the beginning of January. They've been on a, quite a run. Yeah, they've been playing out of their minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're playing, like, historic basketball, too. I saw a stat that said uh, the Wizards are the first team ever to be 15 games over 500 after starting the season, like, 2-8. and eight. Wow. Yeah, because they start. yeah, that's right. They started the season awful. I mean, even worse than we did. I mean, we had a uh, a rough start, but it, we were more of a 500 team. But yeah, yeah. we were kind of sticking around, going like one and one every every couple of games. Right, right, right. The Wizards were really they they couldn't find a good rotation to work with. Their bench was awful, and they've they've kind of bolstered their bench with Bogdanovich at a trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Wizards, do you think we can catch up to them? Do you think this is something that maybe we should be worried about that we're not even going to take the two seed, let alone the one? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's it's something to worry about, but I mean, um, at this, if you look at the schedules coming up, we do have an advantage when it comes to, um, you know, what we're looking at. Even even take the teams out of it. We've got 11 games at home to finish out the season and five on the road, and they have like almost the exact opposite with six at home and 11 on the road. And um, But even beyond that, if you look at some of the games that they have to play um, – They've got a pretty tough schedule coming up. They've got, let's see, they start with Minnesota. Um, who else do they have left in here? I mean, we play each other next Monday. That's going to be a huge game, and that's going to be a big factor, obviously. But they've got some tough back-to-backs, too. They've got Chicago and Charlotte this weekend, Brooklyn followed by Cleveland the following weekend, um, Clippers and Lakers back-to-back. They still play Utah again. They pl- still play Golden State. Um, a couple of games with Miami in there. So, I mean, they've got a pretty tough schedule. Whereas if you look at ours, I mean, we're talking about, um, where are we here? I mean, you know, it's, it's, we've got Washington. Um, we got another matchup with Cleveland. Um, Chicago today, a couple, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota is a solid, but I mean, most of these games we're talking about, we got, you know, Philly, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Orlando, um, Brooklyn, New York Knicks. I mean, uh, so I, I think in that regard, we, we have the advantage, you know, in terms of what we're looking at. Plus, we got a lot of games at home. But um, even still, though, I, I think it's more important that we, we just like they're playing pretty good basketball going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to drop off at all? You talking about the Wizards? Yeah. I, I don't know. It doesn't look like it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we'll see. Maybe uh, uh, if they had a few t- string of tough losses or something. But I mean, they've, they've got a really good team. They were supposed to be a really good team last year, and um, that you know, last year they kind of flunked out. But um, 
it looks like they're back now. Definitely want to touch on you kept saying back to backs. I I heard that they're they have eighteen games in the month of March, mm -hmm. um, and a significant portion of those are on the road. So they're going all over the U.S. Uh, playing these games, and it's over the course of like thirty days <laughs> playing eighteen games. They've got so many back to backs. They're going to go into April just completely drained. Yeah, I mean, you wonder how much, like, you saw, like, how much will they rest, guys? You know, how much will the Celtics rest, guys? You know, how much, how important is that second seed to the two teams, you know? Or, or the first seed, rather. I mean, either one of these teams could overtake Cleveland with, mm -hmm. with Love out, and they're going to be um, opting to rest LeBron here and there. And, um, you know, because they don't really need the home court advantage as much as maybe we or, or the Wizards do, you know? So maybe that's not as important to them. And and how important is it to the other teams? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, it's it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you look at even out west with Golden State and you know San Antonio resting. I mean, what obviously they want the one seed, but I mean, does it? Do they really care when they're both going into a game against each other and sitting all their stars? Well, and we won't go too far into this, but in the West, I feel like if the Warriors fall to the two, that could jeopardize their chance to make it to the finals because then they have to go through Houston. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, Probably right. The second round, right? And I think Houston is an awful matchup for them, especially <laughs> especially if KD is coming back mm -hmm. from the injury, um, as he's kind of predicted to. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they'll have a problem first round. I don't think, regardless of where they fall seed wise, they'll have an issue first round. But as far as the second round goes, I think they can handle the Clippers or the Grizzlies much better than they can handle a team like the Rockets. Um, and then the the Spurs series will just be that'll be a boxing match. Yeah, conference finals. Mm -hmm. But uh, my question with the Wizards is how important is that rest? Because, you know, we've talked about it. They don't have a great second unit, um, so they can't rely too much on their bench. If they rest their starters, you would like to think that it, it, it will really hurt them in whatever game they're playing. Um, so my question is how valuable is rest to this Wizards team, especially going to this like really grueling march and uh, kind of end to the season where they, they're really pushing for the playoffs, pushing for a higher seed, um, whether they take the one, the two, or the three. I think they're definitely going to fall top three for sure um, because they just seem to have found the, the pieces and they've bolstered their bench um, as well as they could. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I think they're a scary team for sure, something that we really didn't think about heading into really 2017. Um, and since, since it turned to 2017, they've been just a nasty team. Yeah, I mean, they, they now here's something interesting. So the Wizards are a dead even 15 and 15 on the road, right? This is a, a 41 and 24 team. So obviously, you know, that they're a 500 team on the road. Um, but with with that said, just a week ago or just over a week ago, uh, no, it was a week ago, it was March 5th. They were 11 and five. They won their last four road games in a row. <laughs> their last four games this week. I mean, they've won five games in a row, but that's so. I, I don't know that we can say that they're a 500. Like, they're obviously playing better now on the road than they were earlier mm -hmm. this season. Yeah. So maybe, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how much the two teams value it because you figure if they do land the two and three seeds, it seems like Toronto's kind of, um, you know, dropping off a little. Um, like there's a little space now between what what are they back? They're they're three games back from 
Celtics. Yeah, well, that Kyle Lowry injury really hurt. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's obviously the the factor there. But um, so if you know being three games back, I mean they're not out of it certainly, but mm-hmm. you know it's more likely that they don't catch up. So if we have, so basically we're, we're gonna we'd be playing the Wizards in round two if both teams made it to round two, obviously. Um, either way, it's just whether or not which team has home court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of, I mean, let's talk about injuries, all right? Because there are just so many injuries to stars um, and just this kind of concern with rest. Uh, we saw it against the Spurs and the Warriors, um, or not against, but in that matchup. Mm-hmm. I, I asked what I should do last night, and you were saying, well, you could watch the reserves of the, <laughs> the Warriors and the Spurs play. And uh, I walked through the starting lineup with my friend, and we recognized, like, three names. Um, yeah. <laughs> Like, right. I just did not know who was playing. <laughs> right, because um, they sat. They sat. This is last night. They sat Green, Curry, Clay Thompson, and um and Dray- um. Actually, I think those are the three. The end. That's Iguodala. it. Also, Iguodala. That's right. I knew there was a fourth one. Yep. Yeah. So essentially, they're starters. Yep. Yep. And then meanwhile, uh, Kawhi Leonard was out with a concussion. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge has arrhythmia. Yeah. What? So I, now I didn't. I only saw this, bri- you know, briefly. But what? What is it? What? What? Uh, I know. It's, I know it's a heart condition. But is it? Is this like similar to what you know Chris Bosh had with like the blood clots and stuff? It's um, my understanding of it. Um, and I actually dealt with it earlier this year. My dad had uh, arrhythmia. It's basically just your your heart just starts beating really quickly. Ah, uh, okay. Um, All you right. Can't really control it. So what they did, you know, they try and get it to slow down, and then mm-hmm. if they can't, then they just like kind of give you like a couple shocks to the chest and then mm-hmm. just corrects it. Oh, to try and to set it back into. All right. Yeah. And then so he is he supposed to miss himself. significant time here? Or? Well, so he's he's slated as he's out indefinitely. Mm-hmm. But once they get it figured out, they'll probably give him like a week to kind of make sure that it's stable. And then I would Yeah, get sure. Right. Back. I mean, especially, I mean, they're going to be resting guys anyway. So I don't think that they're going to, you know, I don't think that they're going to go overboard and try to bring him back. You know, yeah, exactly. Time. I think, you know, worst case scenario, back by April. Right. Um, and you know, I mean, is this a blessing in disguise for the for the Spurs because it gives them the ability to rest Aldridge, um, and right. gear up for for kind of the, the push for whether it's the one seed or whatever they're trying to do, um, come the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, injuries. Kevin Kevin Durant. Uh, we just talked about Lamarcus Aldridge. Kawhi Leonard is out with a concussion. Is J.R. Smith back now officially? I think he came back on Friday or Thursday. Yeah, and then Bogut, like sixty seconds into his Cavs <laughs> oh, career, goes down <laughs> with that injury. You know, it's so funny because not that it's funny. I mean, not that it happened to him, but I was arguing with a lot of people about how Bogut. I thought he would be a great fit here, and everyone kept bringing up he's always injured. He's always injured. well. Why don't you know? It's it's still worth a shot. Blah blah blah. And then he goes in. You know, sixty seconds in the game, I said, "Up, oh, yep." Everybody wins. I, I was wrong. <laughs> well, Kevin Love still still sideline, and we're hearing that uh, Larry Sanders might be uh, in the midst of agreeing to a deal with the Cavs. Yep. Um, and we've been, I mean, just in in like our Google chat, we've been talking about Larry Sanders because I think we're all intrigued by the concept of Larry Sanders. Right. But it I don't is. know if anybody actually wants to gamble on him. I just don't think that I can't see him being a factor. The guy hasn't played in two years, not this year, anyways. Like, yeah, I, I, is that guy really going to be playing big minutes in the playoffs for anybody? I mean, maybe like you know, ten, fifteen minutes, and he comes in and he's you know, uh, a you know, a, a big beast inside. But 
I, I just can't imagine him just coming in and, and playing well. Like I, I can't see him having a big role on, but I, I, I guess it's possible, you know, but I don't, that's why I didn't think that the Celtics were going to get him because first of all, he's, a, he's not a great fit for our offense. I mean, he can, he can only score within five feet of the basket and, um, and he just hasn't played in two years. I mean, the, the word was after he came in to work out with us back in January that he wasn't, he didn't look good, you know, like, so, I mean, and then, you know, whatever he's been, it, it just seems like too, he's been trying to promote himself this whole time, you know, with his little cryptic tweets and all this yep. other stuff and like, Oh, heading to here, taking pictures in this Jersey. It's almost like he's trying to drum up the interest in himself, you know, to make some interest in him, even though there it probably wasn't as much as he thought. And I can't, I can't tell if he's doing a good job. You know, yeah, right. right. It feels like he's maybe getting teams to be kind of interested in him. You know, yeah, right. Um, so it's I don't know what's going on. It, like <laughs> he's pushing all the stuff. Like you sent me a, a tweet that he had like a Celtics shirt, like Boston basketball shirt on. It was a Snapchat or something. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's just all this, all this oh. stuff, and it's like, how, what's he trying to do? Is yeah, he, he did that in the middle of. Like, he did that yeah. in the middle of last week, and then. Is, was that from his first workout, or did he come back and work out again? I mean, that's pretty that's pretty wild. Or Danny Age just going to be like, oh, he does look good in that. Yeah, maybe right. I should sign yeah, him, you know? Should, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, left in the free agent field, uh, you've got Omar Caspi, who was waived by the Pelicans after he was traded from the Kings uh, in the boogie deal. Um, Justin is a huge fan of, of Omar Caspi. Uh, Jared Selinger is still on the... Uh, on the wire if we want to grab him again. Um, but that seems like you got Celtics fans who are like, yeah, bring back Selly. You got Celtics fans who are like, no, I refuse to get <laughs> Selinger back on the squad. I like we said so much shit about him. I know. I'm not putting him back on here. It, it's like, I, he's, he's not as bad as the rap like, like he gets like, you know, he was a good player for a while. Yes. He was, you know, not in shape and, and whatnot. But it's like every time, you know, he was a good rebounder. But every time I think of Jared Solinger now, I go back to like last playoffs and just all I think about is him launching up three pointers and me screaming. Yeah. That, and, and them just clanging. <laughs> I remember I remember being at the garden for I think it was game four. We actually won that game. And he, I remember every time he took a shot, everybody in the audience like booed before he even like released the ball because no one wanted him to shoot. Yeah. Oh, my God. But that's, I mean, I guess, I think that's the play at the end of his tenure there was the reason why everybody remembers him so poorly, you know? I, um, see, my memories of him right now are more recent. I mean, I remember that, and I, I just kind of pushed it out of my memory. But when he's with the Raptors, I have, like, this, like, Jay Crowder, <laughs> kind of Jay Crowder um, after the Gordon <laughs> thing happened, where I'm just, like, offended by the fact that he was cheering so hard for DeMar DeRozan when he was backing us in the fourth quarter. Oh, uh, right, like, right. come right. on, Jared. Like, yeah. he, he was, like, wearing, like, a ridiculous, like, suit and stuff, and he was just cheering <laughs> so hard for, for the Raptors. I was like, this is your old team. This is the team that drafted you. He spent like four years here. Come on. You wouldn't even be here. Oh, yeah. tiny bit of respect. <laughs> but no, he was – that hurt I, – I feel like Jay Crowder after the after the um, Gordon Hayward incident. I feel like I should start tweeting angrily about Jared. I, I missed my window. Yep. But yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was a rough week for the Celtics. Um, finished one and three. Two and three. Uh, Two and three, right? 
No, one uh, and three. It was the Suns where it was lost, then back to back against the Clippers where we lost again mm-hmm. after killing it. At the first oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking the game before. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm... win against the Warriors, which is not the one that I think anyone thought we were going to win. Yeah, we lose again uh, yeah. to the Denver Nuggets. Um, Isaiah Thomas after the Suns game because that and Celtics fans probably have been pushing this out of their memory of uh, we lost as the Suns scored five points in four seconds to win it at the buzzer. And on the inbound, after they tie it, after, is it Brandon Knight who had just the insane under the basket? Uh, the drive there? The yeah. one, the, like, up and under? Um, yeah, yeah I, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, so, like, they do that. Then on the inbound, Crowder, I guess, hesitates and then tosses it in. IT bobbles it. It goes right to uh, the Brandon Eulis, I want to say. And he um, who? Yeah, it was Eulis that hit the three because it's the same guy that uh, it and him did uh, a jump ball earlier in the game. Yeah, that the two smallest guys ever to do a jump ball against each <laughs> other, the, the five nine guys. But yeah, and it was Eulis that that hit the three at the end. Yeah. So after that, it blames Jay, and you and I were kind of de- you and I were on Jay's side. It seemed like it was kind of ridiculous that Isaiah yeah. was. It was just there was really no point for him to say that, you know. I mean, like and. and he just he he said I don't know what he was I forget exactly how he said it but he said I I don't really know what Jay was thinking it was like he hesitated and then threw it you know and I mean I, I, even if it was Jay's fault I mean why would you even say that I don't know no. I can't imagine I can't imagine doing that but what are you gonna do Yeah because I mean I when I think of the Celtics squad I think of team chemistry I think of this team is just getting along right. so well and I just think of like I I don't think of. I can't remember the last time that there was like chemistry issues, mm-hmm. even through like all these trades and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, like all the trade chatter. Yeah. I feel like everyone's been composed and everyone's been the same team. They've all been working together no matter what through the hard times, through the good. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's just us making a bigger deal out of something that's not really a big deal. I mean, it just seemed funny for him to say, you know, but maybe they're close enough that like Jay doesn't really care, you know, like whatever. Yeah, well, then he continued it. He continued mm-hmm. kind of this post-game chatter after the Clippers game the following night. Mm-hmm. And like I said, leading by a wide margin at halftime um, over a, a really good squad of the Clippers. And then after IT says, like, oh, well, Brad Stevens made some yeah. interesting choices. You know, yeah. you know, I can't believe that he made those lineup choices and, like, stuff like that. He started criticizing yeah. Brad. Right. It, it's just... I don't think the criticism is the problem. It's just just doing it in the front of the media. Like that's you know, like what what's the point of doing that? Like if you didn't like his lineups, why don't you just tell Brad what were you doing? You know? Yeah, and because I agreed with him. I mean, it, those lineups were you know bananas, but still, um, it just it, I don't know. Maybe it's just a a case of just you know learning to be a better leader or something. But that that was kind of yeah, definitely off putting. Well, it's a side of Isaiah that I feel like we just haven't seen. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like he's always been like a part of this team, and to me, it seems like he's like adopted the role of being a leader, which I'm glad that he has. Yeah, because but he's doing so where I feel like he's almost putting himself above other players. Right. Yeah, I think you might be right there. And that, I mean, to me, that's it, it's not a huge issue, but right. it's something it, that I feel like hurts the chemistry of the team, which is something that's really important to me as a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that's right. Like like you said, that, that's what we've known from these Brad Stevens teams. They've always overachieved every year, and um, part of the reason for that is because they they're they're a close knit group and they play together well. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it, it seemed like it was dismissed well, 
It was handled well by everybody. It doesn't seem like there were any issues. Um, albeit it was a rough week. You know, I mean, tough road trip, tough way to lose against the Suns, and then to lose that game really in just the second half against the, the Clippers. You know, we take the win against the Warriors. It was a great win, but then we go and lose to another bad team mm-hmm. in the Nuggets. So yeah. it's just a rough week, and I'm hoping that heading back home will you know, bring some uh, apart the rest between mm-hmm. this road trip and to be back home from the West Coast road trip. But I'm hoping that that will kind of help everybody kind of calm down, catch their breath, and then kind of regroup before right. kind of the last leg of the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of this too, and speaking of uh, the road trip and everything, I, I thought this was funny. I saw this the other day, and um, Warriors fans, I, it was a it was a blog on like a Warriors, you know, like Warriors life, say whatever. It was, you know what I mean, similar to our blog. And so the so the name of the title of the article was the anatomy of a scheduled loss, and the whole article was talking about how that game against the Celtics was essentially uh, a scheduled loss on their calendar for like, like they were going to lose that game, like because of all the road and on the road. Meanwhile, we're, they're at home and we're on the, um, you know, on a, on a five game road trip. And they're talking about that being a scheduled loss for the Warriors. And um, I guess, I guess they have had a pretty murderous stretch, whatever, but can you imagine like Larry Bird or Michael Jordan, someone <laughs> telling them that there's a scheduled loss on your, on your, um, you know, coming up next week, you guys have a scheduled loss. They'd probably score 60 points. Yeah. I mean, that is like, I couldn't. And then all I could think, and then on the comments, so I'm saying, wow, this guy's going to get murdered in the comments down here. Cause if, so, if one of us wrote that on our blog, we would get torn apart. And then I go down there and it's like, great article. So, da, da, da. And I was like, is this real life? Like, what is this? Oh, my God. I just thought that was crazy. I almost wrote a blog post on it, but I, I don't know. I, I should have probably. Response posts. Yeah, like, but what the hell? Like, who? I, yeah, even if you did have a murderous stretch, who calls, like, a scheduled loss? That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. especially for a team. I was I, – I looked at their schedule, and, I mean, they lost the – got blown out by the Spurs last night. Granted, they, they rested four of their five starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their only starter that was still in the lineup was Zaza Pachulia, so not the not the best player. <laughs> Zaza. <laughs> not, not your, yeah, not your go-to guy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they. Uh, I'm, I was amazed to see they already have 14 losses, which, I mean, that sounds like nothing, but, like, you know, they had nine all. Right. And they yeah. improved their lineup, you know. Yeah, with Durant. Durant right. And uh, they had already had nine, I believe, when KD – was sidelined maybe eight but mm-hmm. even then like they they're on the track of uh doubling their losses with what a lot of people would say is an upgraded team yeah no that, no for sure so i i don't know if that's like an indication of anything um because i remember back like at the end of free agency or really basically fourth of july when durant made that decision everyone said it'd be a formality uh of a season to to get to another rematch of the warriors and the Cavs in the finals and mm-hmm. right now, there's not that much certainty for me. Like, I feel like the Warriors could totally get knocked out by the Spurs, the Rockets. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers actually. The, right. The full through. strength Clippers team is pretty good. I mean, they're, they're, they're Chris Paul is no joke, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm not really worried about, uh, if I were a Warriors fan, I wouldn't really be worried about the Thunder or. Yeah. Know? I mean, right. That's kind of a, you know. You you take what you get from uh, Westbrook and then just try to stop everybody else, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I I kind of wonder, um, you know, how 
this team looks coming finals, the Warriors, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also on the East, like, I think the, the Cavs, who are a team, I, and I know they step up in the playoffs, and it's not fair to, to measure, you know, how they've been playing during the regular season, especially with the injuries that they've had. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like they're underperforming with the lineup that they have, with the roster that they have. Yeah. And especially the paycheck that they have, you know? I mean, yeah, right, right. They, they, what, they, what they have, like, twice our uh, roster. I mean, our, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable the amount of money they spend. Yeah. But, so, hey, our Celtics teams did it when we were contending, too. So. Yeah. So, um, kind of big news, um, but it's not something that's out of the ordinary. Markel Fultz uh, from Washington declares for the draft. I was kind of talking about it last night with Justin um, regarding whether I want him on the team. Isaiah said that he thinks he's a good fit. He's kind of the presumed number one pick alongside Lonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and Isaiah said he'd like to play with Markel Fultz. He think he'd somehow fit on the team, even though he's a point guard. Uh, wh- what are your thoughts on, you know, I mean, obviously the Nets pick is a lock for top three pretty much. Right. Um, it's got the best chances right now of being number one. If we fall number one, do you want Markel Fultz or do you want to look some other direction? I, I want Fultz. If if we get the first pick, I want Fultz and I want to keep the pick. Um, I think that I think he like Isaiah is talking about. He can fit together, and I I think he's right because he could potentially let's say you know whatever. Let's say he was in the starting lineup. Like eventually, him and Isaiah. He he can Isaiah could be, essentially be the point guard. Fultz could be the shooting guard because he's six five. So on the defensive end, he can you know he can guard some of these you know bigger guards, um, and it wouldn't matter who brought the ball up, whatever. But I mean, obviously the issue is we have too many guards on the roster, and they would have to be you know some kind of move in the future. But I think if you drafted Fultz, you can play him off the bench, ease him in the same way we did with Jalen Brown this year. Um, and then you have decisions to make next year, you know, when you get to, you know, we've got Bradley, we've got Smart, we've got Isaiah, we've got to, ex- you know, I, Avery and Isaiah are both going to be up next year. So it would give you a year to at least figure out what you're doing, you know. Maybe you make a big move at the trade deadline and they'll load somebody, you know. Um, but I, I think you take him because he's the best player regardless of the fit, you know. Teams are saying that he is like a possible future NBA MVP. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, it, I, I'm not a, a scout, so I, I, but from what I see, this kid looks like stellar, you know. And I don't care that he's on a crappy team and they went nine and twenty-two, you know. Yeah, that's that's where I have my issues. Yeah, no, I and I understand that, you know. But I mean, look at, um, but Ben Simmons wasn't on a good team last year, you know. We haven't seen Ben Simmons play yet, though. No, 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 but I'm, I'm, I'm saying in college, though. I know, and, I, and that's what I'm saying is like we. Oh, right. The, the, the jury's out, obviously, and if he's any good, right? Yeah, and like my concern, and I was, I was talking to you guys about it last night. Um, I'm not sure if you saw what I was saying, but like we, with like guys like Kemba Walker, you know, I saw him in the Big East tournament, and I knew he was going to win the championship, mm-hmm. and I knew he was going to be a good player in the NBA. I don't think he's like an MVP candidate, right? Uh, but, you know, I knew he was going to be a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Anthony Davis. And you can you can find lists. Steph Curry, for instance, led a much worse Davidson team. Yes, you're right. To the final four. Mm-hmm. Like, maximize the te- – he's like a Brad Stevens but on the court. You know, he maximized every bit from his teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, and Markel Fultz, who's like the presumed number one pick, can't win more than nine games. Like he was putting up the stats, but he wasn't bringing the best out of his teammates. And that's not a mm-hmm. really that's not a horrible 
Huskies team. You know, that's, I, I don't think that the roster around him is that awful that he shouldn't be able to win enough to like, yeah, at least be on the bubble or something or like anything. Like if he wants to, he could probably carry that team. But I don't know if he was just trying to stuff the stack column and just wasn't playing as a teammate. I, I didn't get to watch enough games to like really right decide, you know, why they were losing as much as they were, but. I mean, he was putting up these insane stats. No one else on the team was. And so that's an issue for me. And and Ben Simmons, because I think Ben Simmons was the first player to get drafted first overall who didn't make it to the NCAAs, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and so we have yet to see him play in the NBA. Right. Um, and see kind of what his career spans out into. But I feel like he and Markel Fultz are kind of the same idea of like, how much can they actually maximize the talent around them? And is it just a fluke in that, you know, he just, couldn't do it with this Washington team mm-hmm. and then we find in the NBA or is this something that's something that will yeah is it yeah, right yeah it's good definitely gonna be interesting to uh to see for sure I mean it's uh you know it's I, I you know the thing that gets me too about Fultz why did why Washington what was the why did he go to Washington do you, do you know no he's from Maryland so it's like you know it's not like he's from Washington State or something but I don't know I thought that was strange I mean, in spite of having an awful season, it's going to work out for him. He's going to be top three regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, for, so for sure. If the, if the Lakers get that first pick, it's almost a lock they're going to take Lonzo Ball just because he's the flashy point guard, and yep. Magic Johnson will certainly yep. take him. Yeah, and so it's um, – I mean, he <laughs> wanted to have these opportunities to do whatever he wanted to do. Maybe he wanted to be on, like, the 76ers of the NCAAs mm-hmm. and be able to put up whatever stats he put wanted. Up, yeah, pile up some numbers. Yeah, I mean, possibly. I It, it just – when you have a guy like this who is, and I don't know if if he was like the number one recruit coming out of of, of high school, but no, I don't think so. But even if he wasn't, you would have have to think that some of these big teams were interested in him. I mean, you know, like the Dukes and the North Carolinas. Yeah, but, it's possible. I I just um, to me, I feel like I not that like I need a guy who's on a championship team, mm-hmm. but I feel like you just need to find a guy who who. A winner, essentially. Like yeah. I mean, right? It wills games to wins, right? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's total. It's a, it's a, it's a good argument for sure. I mean, it's it, it, and we'll find out, you know, sooner or later. Yeah, and obviously, where we fall in the lottery will change what our conversations on this are. Um, if we have an option to choose between people, if we fall at like three, or um, if we even fall out of the top three, you know, we'll be maybe talking about guys like Josh Jackson or some other. Some mm-hmm. other group of maybe even a different position type of player, so uh, that can change any time between the next month and a half. So, mm-hmm. um, other minor storylines: Dirk, uh, best German player ever, thirty k club, joins yeah. the thirty k club. Um, I, I think I've just been kind of expecting this for a long time because he's just always been just this machine. Yeah, right. yeah. You now he's developed his very own style of play. Um. And yeah, he's he's a great player. I'm I'm happy to, happy for him. Um, kind of happy that he's probably gonna finish his career with the Mavs. It sucks that the Mavs are a rough team. You know, I wish mm-hmm. that the Mavs were a better team, and I feel like roster wise they should be. But um, I don't think he's gonna see another playoff game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hopefully he sticks around for another year, but and they can actually put some guys around him. But I mean, yeah, it's kind of sad to see. I guess I I always. Like Dirk Nowitzki reminds me, Dirk Nowitzki's like with the Mavs reminds me of Paul Pierce with the Celtics. And, you know, had we hung on to Paul, it w- we probably would have ended up in this same kind of situation where he would have been on a middling team, you know, at the end of his career. But I feel like the Mavs fans appreciate Dirk the same way that we appreciate Paul. And then 
they they came in the they came in the same draft um and like they both won their team a title you know they were arguably well Dirk was definitely the best player on his team and Paul was you know either him or Kevin either way he was finals MVP um led his team to a, a title but both of them had good teams where they should have won more than one too you know like they it's almost like they they both kind of came up short but um I, I don't know I just I always the way that they appreciate Dirk I feel is the same way that we the Celtics fans appreciate Paul yeah definitely all right well anything else you want to hit on in terms of like storylines um oh one other one other thing from the not to keep bringing up the Golden State game but um so, all right, you remember the three-pointer, Steph Curry buried the three-pointer at the end of the third quarter and, um, you know, was pointing and going crazy, trash-talking <laughs> He's Jaylen. trying to, like, I don't even know what he was doing to Jalen. Yeah, like, and, <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, whatever. He had the big shot, you know, so it's, you know, obvi- you know, whatever. It, you didn't score again the rest of the game, but anyways. Um, so, it, you know, but it seemed kind of out of – out of place for him. I mean, Curry's a showboater sometimes, but I, you know, you don't really see him um, taunt somebody, especially like a rookie like that. It was kind of, kind of weird. Right. Mm -hmm. And then after the game, Jalen's saying that he didn't even say anything to him. Right. So you're thinking, I'm thinking to myself, why the hell, you know, so why would he be doing that? He was doing that little hand motion, like the, like he shut him up, you know, like you've been talking, whatever. So, so I went and looked back, right. I was like, well, we've only played them once this year. They blew us out back in Boston. So I went to to go look into that, and I think I figured out why Steph Curry was targeting Jalen Brown. Um, in that game, they blew us out, and in the middle of the third quarter, um, they went on like a 20-something to four run, and Stevens took out all the starters, and Jalen and a bunch of the other bench guys played out the rest of the game. And... Um, after and so while the you know while they're hitting all these shots and everything the warriors were going like crazy with these crazy especially like zaza was doing this ridiculous dance after he hit like a wide open jump shot and they're up like 26 and uh you know that was on our home floor whatever after the game jalen jalen played pretty well it was one of his first like you know he's played extended minutes i think he played like 20 or 25 minutes in that game and uh, and he played well and um so reporters were talking to him after the game and um, he was talking about how disrespectful it was of the Warriors to act that way when they were up so many points and all this. And I think that is where Steph Curry's, uh, um, you know, um, antics. I think that's where that came from. Anyways, have you checked to see if Steph is following uh, Jalen on Twitter? I didn't. I didn't. That's a good idea. Wow, I didn't <laughs> even think of that. See, I, like, but you know, it's funny. Like I couldn't find anything anywhere of any reporter asking Steph Curry why he did that. I I, I just thought that was bananas. Like, why wouldn't you, why, why wouldn't you ask him about that? Especially since he didn't score another point after that. Don't you think that was kind of a big moment? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah, the Celtics reporters were just too focused on on the, the big win, right? It just kind of got lost in the shuffle in terms of like no, but but uh, and then I, I, I think I, Warriors reporters were just like, no, we don't want to touch this game. You know, we just want yeah, <laughs> want to go on and to then, the next one. And nobody even asked Jalen about it. It was they asked Isaiah about it, and Isaiah's comments were, "Well, they don't do that when Avery's guarding them." You know, like yeah. <laughs> it was funny, but you know, they, they never, no one really dug around to find out why he was doing that, even though everybody had something to say about it the next day. I just, I don't know. I thought that was crazy. Yeah, and the thing is, I thought that was really good defense by Jalen to like stick with him that long, and then mm-hmm. 
you know, he had like the the pump, Jalen. Yeah, he, and then he, he got him on that last pump, and and you know, it was a tough shot. I mean, big shot. I mean, you yeah. Know. And it put them up. Sure. They were down one. It would they would have been down one going into the fourth, and said they were up two. You know, yeah. and riding some momentum. And uh, but yeah, then yeah. we put the the ratcheted the chains on them. They 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 got locked up. Yeah. Well, let's uh, hit the recap, right? So we talked about it a little bit earlier. One in three week. Um, and we touched on the Phoenix game, which is how we lost that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was a tough game, and I was watching it, and it just looked like we were flat. You know, mm-hmm. it just looked like we were just drained. And uh, this was the second game of the West Coast road trip. We started in L.A. against the, the Lakers game, right? Lakers. That was yeah. Question. Yep, just blew them out. And I, I was talking to Justin about it. And I was like, "Well, we're, I think we're going to ride that momentum, or we're just going to wreck the Suns." Um, but we just looked flat. It wasn't that we looked like we weren't trying. It just looked like we were just drained or something. I don't even know what the what the reason was. Um, Horford and Bradley were both out with their own injury, mm-hmm. but and obviously that hurts. But yeah, but um, yeah, it just it, it was the weirdest game, and it was the strangest thing to watch. I, yeah, see, I didn't watch that whole game, but I remember I did, I saw I saw the fourth quarter, but I didn't see the whole game. I think we were down what like ten or fifteen at one point. In, yeah. in like the beginning of the second half or something like yeah, that third quarter yeah because i remember you guys were going back and forth talking about the game and then when i finally got home and i put it on and i saw the end of it i, I mean i saw the meltdown there but we, we i mean we were playing well in the fourth quarter enough to take a what we were up by like six or seven yeah. at one point and then uh and then that total the thing that got me about the end of that game wasn't even i get that play happened and that was crappy and it shouldn't have happened they weren't making free throws but there was like three plays in a row where the Suns just drove to the basket and nobody, like nobody stopped them. And the, the last play he made that ridiculous, what is it, Brandon Knight made that ridiculous, you know, underneath uh, move there. But the two drives before that, it was like they played like Matador defense and let him drive to the hoop because they didn't want him to shoot a three. I couldn't understand what the thinking was there. Yeah, I was, and I think Brad Stevens. <laughs> Oh, is Eric Bledsoe? Oh, that's right, Bledsoe. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what Brandon Knight is doing anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was. Um, I think Stevens touched on it. He's like, I mean, we wanted to let them have a two, but we didn't want to give it up that quick. You know, mm-hmm. it was literally like they inbounded it, and they. Yeah, I do. Down. I I and do remember him saying that after the game. It's not even, and, and the phrase like "cut through the defense like a hot knife through butter." Mm-hmm. Like there was no but. That he just was like, yeah, he just threw nothing. Right. He literally and, had a walk-up layup. And you could tell that that was, like, part of the plan. And maybe they didn't do exactly what Brad wanted them to do, you know, which was he wanted them to score. He wanted them to be shooting from inside, not yeah. taking threes, which I get. But at the same time, it seems like a little miscommunication when guys are, like, standing there and a guy's just driving right right up the lane and there's nobody comes over. Like, he yeah. just laid the ball right up. It was crazy. Yeah, that, that first time was fine, whatever. You know, we were still up. Right. Like, three or something mm-hmm. i think or maybe two i don't i don't remember exactly but you know that was fine whatever we get fouled we go one and one at the line and then they tie it up with that crazy layup by bledsoe mm-hmm. and then the weird inbound Eulis gets the the ball heaves up the three buzzer wins it yeah Crowd goes crazy bench goes crazy criticism from it to jay crowder it's just like 
yeah it was a not frustrated i was just such an upsetting way to lose a game it was, it was about yeah. as upsetting as it could have been right you a bad team like it'd be yeah. fun if it was like yeah, it, right it wasn't the warriors it wasn't seth curry that buried that three like oh man yeah, it was tyler ulis yeah this guy that like you rookie know, five nine yeah <laughs> I mean, like i guess it's good to see an underdog but like come yeah on. sure oh, not, not when it's like an underdog <laughs> on an underdog like it's just no mm-hmm. <laughs> so that hurt a lot and then um yeah these west coast road trips are tough that was at least like an early sunday game so that was easy to watch mm-hmm. um but then we go back to la uh oh, for that Cl- yeah LA right clippers and i i fell asleep like i put it on i think and then i <coughs> turned it off at halftime because like all right cool we're doing well enough i shouldn't have any issues i woke up and i saw we lost by 14 i was like yeah. how did this happen <laughs> like, yeah that was it was it was pretty bad Okay, so I I decided not to rewatch that. Could you kind of walk me through what happened with like the second half? Well, so we were I want to say halftime we were I think we were up by a few if I remember correctly. But um I'm trying to think of when we had the biggest lead. Was it midway through the third maybe? I think and, so. Well, what happened was so they they went they went like they went with they had like their their big starting lineup in there with Blake and DeAndre and they just started mashing us, you know? And then that's when we went with like that small ball lineup. We had a lineup of 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 like Rogier, Jordan Mickey, um Hey. Hey, I, all right, yeah. But it was it was it was a strange lineup. Um Mickey was the biggest guy we had on the floor and we were just getting pummeled and that, that like they went on like a like a 10-0 run DeAndre Jordan had like three dunks um it was it was just crazy and they were just getting mauled and um and then like so then when they finally went back to like a more a regular lineup i think we were down like maybe 6 or 7 and then they they just continued to roll you know they're at home they rode all that all the way through the fourth, it was just, and it just got worse and worse. Yeah, <laughs> just, like, they were scoring every basket was like a dunk. It was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And like Jamal Crawford also. Oh, and it was, that's how the run started. That's right. It was Jamal Crawford hitting. He hit like, I think he went five of six from three or something like that. Yeah. And he I like mean, rattled he, off three straight. Yeah. Bang, bang. That was how he yeah. closed out the third quarter. Then the big guys came in. That's what it was. They took the lead behind Crawford, but they extended it when the um when the big guys came in but yeah. he, so I, I think he took through why. some ridiculous shots and like he took one of those like heat check threes like it's yeah. like like one of those Seth Curry 10 feet behind the three-point line and it still went yeah so I think that's why maybe Brad switched to that like small lineup was to try and defend against the three and then they yep. realized that they could just they, they had they just mismatches right. mm-hmm. in the center and stuff so yeah that was um it's amazing that Jamal Crawford can still do that. I mean, yeah, he's like, what like thirty six, thirty six. Total, total microwave off the bench, like just can come in and change a game with some shots, you know. And he's not as consistent as he used to be, maybe, but he still, still has it, you know. You remember when? Uh, I mean, because he's been like six man of the year like three times, right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, I just remember, I think it was like two or three years ago, he was doing a sideline interview, and DeAndre Jordan comes up and just starts saying like "Sixth Man of the Year," and was just like singing in the oh, interview. Yeah, yes. um, yeah, like he's still a nasty option off the bench. Someone that like I feel like anybody has to watch out for. Yeah, it's gonna come up big in the playoffs too. I mean, he can win you a game just yeah. based on you know he can get hot and score you know 
15 points in a matter of, you know, 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. Crazy. And so that was, I mean, like stat wise, Isaiah put up his like second straight 30 point game. Um, Marcus had a good, good outing, 21 points. And then, you know, everyone else had solid contributions, but it's just, you know, everything going on for the Clippers just ruined us. You know, their big three was scoring. They had Blake Griffin went 28 and eight. CP3, 23-5, DeAndre, 15-12, and then Jamal with 19 off the bench. It's like there was just a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I, We just couldn't keep up, I guess, in the second half. Because, um, like, I, we were killing it up until probably, like, four minutes left in the third, and then it just suddenly went yep. completely off the rails. Yeah, it was, it was Crawford that got it started, and then, like, they just rolled all that momentum. I mean, it was... You know, you're at home. That's that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, Paul Pierce didn't play, which was sad. Yeah, they, and then they they showed a, the the tribute. They showed a Paul Pierce tribute in L.A., which was full of Celtics highlights because he's never really done anything for the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, he really has never been good on that team. Yeah. He's the been only... there for two years, but he I don't I don't remember him doing anything of note. The only highlight that I can think of that's been in his career outside of the Celtics was like that game winner. When he yeah, well, for well, the well, Wizards, right? But he played pretty good for those two teams. Granted, maybe you know, especially particularly in Brooklyn, he wasn't what they thought they were going to get. You know that they, him and Garnett both weren't quite what they thought they were going to get. Yeah, uh, they were still, but he was still efficient. I mean, I think he was still shooting close to forty percent from three, um, but he wasn't playing as many minutes. Then he goes to Washington, and he was actually really good for that team. Yeah, um, you know, it was they had the veteran guy there. Along, you know, Beal and Wall, and and I mean, he he played well for that team. He hit a couple of game winners in the playoffs and stuff. And that one where he, he banked it in. They asked him, "Did you call bank?" I called, I called, I called game. game. Right, right. right. <laughs> That's so great. But he had no highlights, and they showed that clip too in the tribute. I called game, you know. And then they they, <laughs> they had nothing. They 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 showed a couple of jump shots, you know, from from the Clippers, you know, like that, that because that's all they had for highlights from him, you know. Yeah. Because he never really played, you know. Uh, yeah. It's but. Uh, I, I even thought he was kind of amused by it, you know? But. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that the Clippers fans weren't, like, too happy about that. I think they recognize that he's, like, you know, a legend in Boston, but... Mm-hmm. But that, um, that, there was a lot of Celtics fans in the crowd that night, too, so uh, he, got his, he, got a, he got a pretty good standing out for that, anyways. Yeah. So. so we move on to our lone win of the week <laughs> uh, against the Warriors. And like I said earlier, I don't think anybody thought that was going to be our win. Like I think, I think a lot of people maybe right. saw two and two, maybe three and one. I predicted right. three and one, but I didn't think we were going to win against the Warriors. Um, turns out one and three with the one against the Warriors. Um, yeah, it was it was a great game, um, and it was relatively even near the end of the third quarter. Uh, we were getting killed through like the first half, mm-hmm. and I, I I was just kind of like resigned. I was just like, well, you know, we're just going to be Oh, and three so far. <laughs> I didn't turn it off, but I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, and then um, come out of nowhere, just start surge a comeback. And then the fourth quarter, we completely locked them down. Yeah, I mean, the the um, it, it was like that the way that, that we played defense in that fourth quarter, they looked like last year's Celtics that mm-hmm. was like prided on its defense. Yep. And and. You know, so and you know, part of that is maybe because we had the full, you know, we had the full um, lineup in there. We had Avery, we had Al, 
Um, so, I mean, obviously that, that goes a long way, but, um, even still, like they just, they, they rarely looked like that team this year and they did in that fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, people say this was Kelly Olenek's best game. I agree. Um, but they're like, this is the first time we've seen him play defense. But I think against the Cavs, I think it was a week and a half ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, he was, you know, he was stopping Kyrie and LeBron. Yeah. No, I mean, not like as prolifically because i think he pulled down like five steals right in in what in the um in this game against the or what yeah he, he had four five or five steals. anyways yeah. yeah so he he had like a he metrically had a good game on mm -hmm. defense but you know he was doing really well against the Cavs too i think he comes through suddenly out of nowhere like the oaf canadian dude yeah <laughs> he's coming through and he's and he's actually making big plays on the defensive end that a lot of us aren't really recognizing so like mini shout out to kelly yeah, it, it, he. But again, when he plays like that, he plays so well, and then he can be so infuriating. I mean, we'll get to the Denver game in a second, but he was a non-factor in that Denver game, and yeah. you thought like after seeing that, you'd be like, "Oh wow!" Because if he can play like that off the bench, you know, fifteen points, play some good defense. He's a good passer for a big guy. He stretches the floor, and then he'll he just sometimes he just doesn't. He's not there at all. It's like it's crazy. Yeah. Well, so yeah, let's let's talk about that. That Denver game, <laughs> as, as little as we can. If, yeah, if it was just, bad. Um, I, I guess <laughs> we got wrecked, right? Lost by twenty to. I mean, I guess they're the eight seed in the West, mm -hmm. so it's not that embarrassing. But they're like a they're under five hundred. Um, you know, you can name like three guys on that team, and then you kind of start to like have to look it up. They're not a good team. No. Right. Um. So Jokic is there. He just murdered us. Yeah, they might not be a good team now, but they've got some good pieces. They probably will be. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jokic, Jamal Murray. Um, yeah, Gallinari, if he stays around. They've right. got a lot of options uh, right. in the future for sure. But, yeah, we got murdered on the boards. They uh, they were just trying to fuel up the fans. I don't know how many fans go to Denver games, but, like, they showed Tom Brady – on the jumbotron yeah, to try to piss every, off every, the fans or something. I don't know every, what that was. Every about. time we were at the free throw line, they would put Tom Brady up on the uh, um, to get the crowd to boo. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't I like how that's that. how, if that's what you have to do to get your crowd going. I mean, whatever works for you, I guess. Yeah. It shows kind of where the, the Nuggets stand as far as Denver <laughs> sports hierarchy, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, no kidding. They have to they have to feed off of the Broncos rivalries. Yeah, seriously. So yeah, that was that was. Um, <laughs> I just don't know how to talk about that game because. There's just nothing really good to talk about. Um, it, I guess he continued his 20 point streak. He's uh, rebuilding from losing that. I think he's at like four straight now. Yeah. If we feel like counting again. Yeah. Right. I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I feel like that's the only bright spot of this game was like that. I, it scored 20 points. Otherwise, there was just nothing redeeming about it. Yeah. No. Not um, a good game. Maybe I guess the end of the West Coast road trip. It's, yeah, that's uh, right. And then we're, we're we'll be at home today for uh, Chicago. Yes. So let's look at that upcoming week. Um, we've got a relatively easy week um, in terms of like just number of games. Chicago on Sunday, um, the Timberwolves, and then the Nets. Mm -hmm. uh, quick predictions. What do you think record-wise? Well, so we have. I mean, I think. Two and one, anything less than two and one is is a failure. But um, I obviously, I'd like to. It would be. I think it's certainly possible for them to sweep the the three games. But 
for some reason, it, I feel like we've played Chicago 10 times this year, and we, <laughs> I feel like we've lost nine of them. You know, even though we've only played them, we, this is our, I think this is our fourth and final game against them, right? Yes. Or do we, yep. or have we played them only twice? Uh, I, I, I know they, I know we played them, no, this is the fourth game, because we played them twice, like, the first week of the season. Yeah, we lost split, the first yeah. game. We won the second game, and then we lost that last um, one on the call. And we lost that, yeah, right? Yeah, and TNT that the last one was that, right? That was that, that game was on TNT, wasn't it? Yeah. So hopefully today's isn't. Um, ABC. Yeah, good. But um, <laughs> for whatever reason, they always seem like a tough matchup to our, for us. Yeah, I mean that that pass game was stupid. I mean Marcus Smart got called for the the foul on what mm-hmm. looked like a phenomenal defensive play, <laughs> um, and then. Butler gets to basically win it at the free throw line, yeah, um, with like four tenths of a second left or something. So yeah, yeah that was that was a frustrating loss, um, and the they just fell out of the, the playoff race for the time being. They just fell out of the eight seed, mm-hmm. the Bulls. Um, granted, Milwaukee's been playing really great basketball, yeah, but you know the the Bulls are like five and five in their last ten. I think they've lost four straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they've just been really they've been struggling to put it together lately um, but everyone's healthy <laughs> you know I mean it's it's probably going to be the toughest game of the week but well I think the T-Wolves are a tougher game only because they match up with us they have big guys and I think teams that have good big guys are are like kryptonite to us yeah because we don't really have you know great big well I mean whoever it's fine he can but when they, when they have more than one you know um, I don't know. I I feel like that Timberwolves team's pretty big. Have we seen the Timberwolves yet this year? I one matchup. So no, no, we've played them. We've played them because we play them twice. So if we're playing them at home this week, then we played them. I believe we played them already. Yeah, we won by six back in November. Okay, yeah. And uh, Carl Anthony Towns had eighteen rebounds. Yes, that's <laughs> see, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's I guess a little bit of reason to concern <laughs> or be yeah. worried, I guess. And I, I'm I'm pretty sure that they've been playing um well lately too. Yeah, they beat the Warriors. That's um, right. Yeah, but that I mean, like their third straight loss or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, who doesn't beat the Warriors? I mean, we beat them. This <laughs> um. Yeah. So they they've been playing hot, I guess. The Timberwolves. See if they're even close to the playoff mix. They're three and a yeah, half games. They're hovering oh, around. Yeah. The, the eight seed is like really far down in the West. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. basically like yeah. everyone upward of the Thunder is in, and then there's like this like weird fight for the eight seed of like mediocre teams. Yep, yep. Yeah, the Grizzlies are the seventh seed comfortably, five games up on the next team, which is the Nuggets. And then it's, yeah, Nuggets, Blazers are two games back. Maybe your Blazers are going to sneak in. Yeah, maybe. I don't even know what's going on with them. Yeah. Um, it's the weirdest because they've got such a good team. But I know um, that they should be a lot better. <laughs> are you sure that the hardest game isn't going to be against the Nets? I'm I'm pretty sure of that, yes. It's our one I, road game. It, it, that may be the when we start, you know, resting know players. Barclays is always because, a hostile environment. Yeah, the Barclays, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I could see that. I could see them, like, selling that out just so that <coughs> just hate on like Danny Ainge and the Celtics. Like I, yeah. I, I can see us being their biggest rivals just because we screwed them so much, you know. Yep. Uh, yep. But the Nets are playing their best stretch of the year. <laughs> um, two and eight. Two and eight. <laughs> two and eight in their last ten. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's 
Is that how many? Is that like uh, you know that's eighty uh, percent of their wins on the year or something? Yeah, I was reading. Um, I think it was Bleacher Reports like power rankings, and they moved him up to twenty nine because they won once in each of the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, like that's a winning streak for the Nets. That's like really impressive for them. <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah, that, that's totally. <laughs> Uh, it's been on the shoulders of Jeremy Lin. Yeah, he's back in. Um, I, I I hope that we go three and zero for I, sure. I think we should go three and zero, but I mean, at the very least, two do, and one. I do mean, you think any of the momentum from this past road trip is going to swing over, like the negative yeah, stuff? I, do you think that's going to swing over to this week? No, I I think I mean uh, as bad as that game was in Denver. Um, I I think you know coming home they're going to be refreshed and recharged. You know. Um, We'll, we'll see, obviously, but um, today's game will be very telling. Yeah, so Sunday, and then we've got a couple days off to really rest. Don't, there's no travel. We see the Wolves on Wednesday in Boston, mm-hmm. so two straight home games. And then we make a short trip to Brooklyn um, mm-hmm. on Friday, I think. So it's a, it's a relatively chill week. Um, so the Celtics should be able to kind of calm down, regroup, relax a little bit, catch up from the West Coast road trip. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, hopefully 3-0. Uh, this Bulls matchup will be interesting. It's also going to interfere with uh, Selection Sunday, which is going to be rough for me because oh, I'm like really going to yeah. be, <laughs> be like switching channels to go back to that. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, hopefully, it's not close. Hopefully, like we're winning by like forty. Yeah, uh, that's right. Right. Just kind of switch off and feel comfortable. Not yeah, because what, what the game is on at three today, right? And three thirty. Yeah. What time does Selection start? Five thirty. Uh, so it might might be over by then. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. Wow, well, it'll be close. Yeah. Um. But yeah. <clears throat> all right anything you want to hit on no man i think we got it all all right cool so uh are you working on anything cool this week not yet but that's you know we'll we'll figure that out this afternoon yeah i'm gonna definitely take a look i, I think i might write something about what's going on with isaiah whether it's a good thing that he's kind of adopting this role as a leader um and like you know i mean the criticism that came this past week whether it was frustration stuff like that i'm gonna see if i can mm-hmm. kind of piece some stuff with that together Nice. Um, but yeah, definitely come to the website, CelticsLife.com. Check out the stuff on the top, all the little links out there. We can check out the merch that we've got, uh, shirts, hoodies, stuff like that. You can even get tickets to the next game under that heading. In terms of the podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, SoundCloud, MixCloud, and make sure you subscribe to whichever one of those you like so that you never miss any of the episodes. Uh, and we appreciate any feedback you have for us we would love if you'd give us five stars uh if you don't like something let us know um rather than give us that that measly one star rating we'd love to hear from you you can tweet at us you can email us i don't know however you feel like getting in touch with us uh we use the hashtag celtics life uh, celtic life podcast um so if you want to tweet at us with that we'll be keeping up with that if you have a suggestion um because we're always just trying to bring you guys the celtics coverage that you want way that you like it we tried a new format today uh if you like it let us know and that's all i got anything uh anything you want to hit on mark no man good stuff good stuff all right have a great week everybody go seize and uh hopefully we're three and oh at the end of the week
Introducing Specrite Paint from HGTV Home by Sherwin-Williams. A new line of exclusive interior paint that's perfect for pros, only at Lowe's. With easy application and fast recoding, excellent hide and coverage, plus exceptional touch-up, it delivers great results every time for every job. Shop Specrite Pro Paint from HGTV Home by Sherwin-Williams in-store or online today. Lowe's knows paint. Lowe's knows pros. Selection varies by location. See store at Lowe's.com for details.